So, dad bods. Let's talk about it. Um, have, hold on. Have you, <laughs> have you ever seen Good Mythical Morning? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. They're like, every time they have an intro, they're like, wait, let's talk about that. And then it cuts to the intro. And (laughs) that's what you, dad bods, let's talk about that. You know. I feel like that's copyrighted. I don't Uh, know if we can do that. We're going to get sued now. We're going to get sued. Probably. And your name is on all the files, so. As it should be. Um, (laughs) What about dad bods? No, I really do. Okay, so this this is the weird thing. I... I'm almost 26. I feel like I'm not in the dad bod realm, but I'm also not like sporting a 10 pack either. And so I'm like, there's no, we have glorified the dad bod. But okay. we've also like, it's either six pack or dad bod. There's no, there's, there's no, no like room. There's no in between. And yeah. I'm like, what do you do if you're shaped like a veggie tail? I think that's my question for myself. I'm like the tomato the, guy. <laughs> bro, bro, why? I've never put this together. Why are we Bob and Larry from VeggieTales? <laughs> bro, I never thought about that. So picture, picture the cucumber and the tomato standing side by side. That is Reagan and I. <laughs> bro. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm built like Larry Boy, bro. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> got plungers coming out of both ears. <laughs> Spider Man, those things. <laughs> so, w- welcome to Sanctified Ish. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Conversations with pastors who have not oh, figured it out. I never gosh. say that part. I'm crying. I'm sorry. I'm really crying. Good. Well, while you still cry, I'll introduce myself. What is up, guys? My name is Victor. I'm a student pastor at a local church in North Carolina. (laughs) And my name is Reagan Jones. (laughs) And I'm also a student pastor at a local church in Raleigh, North Carolina. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. I'm like, everything that I was going to say is out the window now. It's gone. I'm Um, sorry. I ruined it. I did. It's it's gone. I did. It's gone. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, what's we, up? <laughs> we uh we do have a fun day for you guys. Um, so this is we have a very special guest coming in to do an interview today. Uh, his name is Dr. Ron Jones. Um, he's a lead pastor. He is an author. He's a global radio Bible teacher. He is also my dad. Um, and so if you like, I cannot endorse this man enough just as a man of God, um, but also as a pastor and just as a dad. So I'm very, 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 very excited um, that he's going to be able to yeah. join us today. Yeah, it was a great interview, and I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Um, you know, we always say that this is conversations with pastors who haven't figured it out. You know, we've been yeah. in ministry for less than five years, you know, combined. And so getting to sit down with someone who has been in the trenches in ministry for an extended period of time was not only helpful for us, but hopefully it's helpful for you guys, whether you are in college and considering ministry, a lay member at a local church and just wanting to know how ministry affects your day to day life in, in the workplace, wherever you may be. I really think that this conversation has has something to do with you. 
and we also talk about his new book, which um, will all that information will be linked down in the description area below. Yeah. But so, without further ado, enjoy the interview. Roll that clip. All right, what's going on, everybody? Today we have a very special guest. It is Dr. Ron Jones. He is the lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He is also an author of many books. He is uh, the lead Bible teacher at Something Good Radio, which is a worldwide broadcasting network. And he is also my dad, which is a really awesome opportunity to get to interview yeah. my dad. I never thought I would do that yeah. before. This is... <laughs> Wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, Full circle so. disclosure here. Yes, I, I'm old yeah. enough to be your dad, and as a matter of fact, I am. So, Well, yeah. you, you can tell we're related because if you look at the video broadcast, our hair both poofs oh, in the same way. I didn't even see wow. that. So, <laughs> so, so Victor, I, I, I get teased all the time for the poof, you know, and I just say, at my age, you got you to gotta go with what you've got. Yeah. But I'm noticing my son has, has a similar one. He's, he's, uh, it's true. He's, he's moving in that direction. It's looking good. He needs looking to go put his glasses mine. on. Yeah. I, I, make, I make fun of him a lot because I tell him he has televangelist hair. Like he has, he has a type of hair where I just want to wow. give him money, um, <laughs> oh. and, so, and so this is this is the type of thing though that I'm looking I'm looking at it though, and I'm just happy you have hair, man. Like if I can I, just have it's hair true. at your age, like that, that would yeah. be the goal. Well, it the, really the hairline keeps going back, so you just go with it. <laughs> you just go with it, and um, at least that's what yeah. my uh, my hair cutter says. You know, it's the. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly, man. But um, yeah, Dad, honestly, we're really excited to have you on Pack Us today. Um, not just because you are a prolific author and pastor, um, but honestly, just because you've been in ministry and following Jesus a lot longer than Vic and I have. Yeah. Um, so before we even get into the new book that you've written, which we're very excited to talk about, um, what is just kind of one piece of advice that you would give to either people who are aspiring to go into ministry or just people who are maybe struggling in their walk with Jesus right now? What, what's, what's maybe a piece of advice that you would give them? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on here. Uh, I've heard so much about Sanctified-ish that uh, other than the Jimmy Fallon show, this is where I want to be. So, there you so go. thanks for having me. There you me. go. <laughs> um, you know, Reagan, um, I, I would say be sure of your calling. All right. Yeah. Be, be sure that God is is actually calling you. We're all called to ministry as believers in Jesus Christ, but some are called to vocational ministry. And if if that's where you're heading, it's not a career choice. It's not a job. Yeah. Um, it, it is a calling, and especially um, you know at at the pastoral level, lead pastor. I mean, if I didn't have a, a, a sureness in my spirit of God's call upon my life, I wouldn't be doing this 30 years later. Yeah. Right? Um, a lot yeah. of people from time to time, they, 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 they want to come on our church staff and they're all excited because I want to work around Christians and everybody's so kind and so you know, loving. And, and, and that's true. But I remind them, you know, that, that, that brush along your face is not so much um, the brush of angels' wings as you're working <laughs> on staff. It is a fiery missile dart from the enemy because you're on the front lines of spiritual yeah. warfare when you're on a church staff. And yeah. uh, when it's good, it's good. And when it's difficult, it's difficult. So yeah. you always come back to that calling that you're sure of and that you know that you know that you know. Otherwise, you know, you'll pull the ripcord and, and um, you know, eject yeah. from the plane, so to speak, uh, quicker than anybody might. Yeah. How's that? Well, and 
that that's perfect because that's literally the thing that you've you've been telling me for like 10 years now um yeah. they're like i don't i don't know how much we've even talked about this but we haven't talked about this on the podcast like i got the call into ministry when i was 16 years old mm-hmm. and i didn't tell you or mom about it for like two years because i was like the second mm-hmm. i have to, the second i told you about it is when i actually had to do it um yeah and i i didn't know if i wanted to do it like i just wanted to kind of keep it by myself but like I remember like when I told you, I was like, Hey, this is maybe something that I'm considering mm-hmm. and going to Wheaton and stuff like that. That's the exact same thing you told me. Whereas like, if you can go and do anything else, go and do it. Like yeah. if you can, and, and it, it's not that you don't have the skills or ability to go do something else. You, you do, yeah. but you, you, there's just something that, that won't let you go do that. You know, we have, and I'm sure you guys uh, have at the church that you serve, we have internships where we yeah. let people come in and explore a call to ministry. Um, And that's wonderful. We want to give people who are feeling, you know, that directional lead from the Lord an opportunity to kind of put their their toe in the water. But, you know, when somebody comes onto our staff, especially in a, you know, a a pastoral or director level, uh, we we ask we drill down into that question about the call to ministry and uh, prepare them about the front lines they're coming into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's really good because it kind of it makes me think of a question because when when I initially got like my calling into ministry, when I knew that the Lord was was drawing me towards vocational pastoral ministry, I was like filled with excitement. I was ready to go like I nothing could stop me in that like first year. Yeah. And finally, when like the Lord answered that prayer and welcomed me into vocational ministry, it was kind of like this rejuvenating surge of just like passion for this but then a couple years have gone on and it's just like that calling still doesn't necessarily have the same weight that it once did when I was initially stepping into this position so like what has what has been the thing that has sustained you in ministry for for this long well uh, for me my, my call was very specific and that was to preach and teach God's word I mean, I went to I went to uh, Dallas Theological Seminary to do my master's in theology. I was so naive. I, I came out of the business world. I thought everybody on the campus was a preacher. And what I realized was no, only about uh, 15 to 20 percent of the student body yeah. were going to be preachers. OK. Yeah. And everybody else, not everybody, but a lot of people didn't know why they were there. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I'm going to kind of find my way around. I the 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 day I stepped on campus, I knew God had called me to preach. You know, Jeremiah says, "Your word is in me like fire within my bones," and it is. Yeah, it, it's still today. Uh, I love the preparation and the presentation and the communication of God's word every Sunday. I I, I say this to my staff: It's Super Bowl Sunday, guys. You know, and I yeah. go in with that expectation, and. Um, so that's that's what keeps me going. But boy, there there are yeah. plenty of times though when ministry gets hard, and um, you know, again, you want to press the eject button. But coming back to that call, passion, yeah, and emotions and all of that, you know, they ebb and flow over time. Yeah. No question about that. And you know, the first seven years that we were in ministry, Reagan, you remember when we were in. Uh, uh, Katy, yeah. Texas, and uh, kind of replanting and revitalizing a church there. It was seven years of bliss. I looked around saying, man, you know, I hear about <laughs> these guys who have, have tough times in ministry. Uh, where is it? Well, yeah. just stick around for a little while, and, and it'll yeah. happen. And, yeah. and it did. I mean, 30 years, uh, anybody who's been in it that long has had some tough times. And yeah. 
But you keep coming back to, um, you know, the call to ministry. Stay close to Jesus is the other thing, you know, how to maintain that passion. Um, I, I always wanted my ministry, and I pray that it still is, to be the overflow of my relationship with him. Yeah. Um, last week, I've been, I've been preaching through Psalm 23 these past several weeks, and we came to My Cup Overflows. And we talked about how the best of life in ministry is overflow. Yeah. And um, that's good. You know, um, the best that I have to offer somebody is the overflow of Christ in me. And, and that'll, that'll keep me going in ministry, too. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's a hard thing to do in ministry because, like, it's you, you just get so accustomed to the busyness. And so, like, like you just said, like Super Bowl Sunday is every single Sunday. So mm-hmm. there's always something to do and there's always something to to get done. So like in those moments of busyness, like how do you keep yourself attached to Jesus? How do you make sure that you're still getting poured into? Cause you're the one whose job is to pour into everybody else. Sure. Sure. So like who's, um, who's pouring into you? I've, I've, I've learned the hard way and, and just, you know, trial and error, but you got to know your rhythms. You, yeah. you got to know, um, you got to know your rhythms enough to know and ask for and take time off. I preach three services each week. Nobody can do that, you know, 52 times yeah. a year. Nobody yeah. can do that 48 times a year. Uh, the agreement I have with my elder body is uh, I'm, I'll be in the pulpit about 42 times a year. That's that's 10 Sunday. That's two and a half months out of the year when I'm not preaching. Otherwise, I'm, I'm a short term and I'm going to burn out here. You got to know your yeah. rhythms um, and, and, and guard them and protect them. That's not always easy to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think one, one last question here, cause this isn't even what we're supposed to be talking about, but I, I really like where this conversation <laughs> is going. Um, so we have a lot of like young adults and especially high school kids that listen to this podcast that I think would love to figure out how to have clarity of calling. Because even what you just said, where it's like, you walked into seminary, it's like, I know what I know, what I know, I know what I'm here. And I can't tell you like how many conversations I've had, whether it's a seminary students or like high school students that are about to go off to college or like young adults that just like switch jobs that are just like, I would love to like, if I knew what God was calling me to do, I would go and do it. But there's this like almost paralysis sure. when it comes to making the next step. So it's like, what did that clarity of calling look like for you? And like, how does someone get from point A to point B there? Well, I, I would say it's different for everybody, but I, I can trace a call to ministry back to my high school years. But it probably wasn't until my mid to, you know, early to mid 20s, uh, even even past, you know, mid 20s a little bit, that as an adult, I said yes to it. I had some wandering years in college. I uh, won't go into all those details, but I, I did join a, a fraternity in college and I served as a social chairman. Enough said. Right? Um, and... Uh, you know, uh, the hound of heaven came after me and you know, returned to fellowship with him. And that call to ministry uh, came back as well. One of the things I would say is that your call to ministry is going to line up with your temperament, your personality, your natural gifts and talents to some extent. You've heard the old saying, you know, God um, uh, doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So don't think that, you know, you're a great preacher on day one. No, you're not. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. my, my first sermons never get broadcast. You know, it's about the last yeah. 15 years, you know, of stuff that gets done. And But um, I, I would also say that um, others in your community of faith will recognize your gifts and talents. That's I remember good. I was uh, in my early 20s. 
uh, attending a very large church in the Houston area, teaching in the uh, college department. And I had uh, friends and strangers come up to me and said, have you ever thought about, you know, going into the ministry and being a pastor? All right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so others others will affirm that. Uh, yeah. Paul said to Timothy, you know, uh, Timothy, others have, have seen Christ in you and your passion. And there, there was a community that came around them and, and affirmed it. So a yeah. lot of guys, I'll just say this as, as a last thought, a lot of guys, you know, say they, they have the, the gift of preaching. My first question is, does anybody have the gift of listening? Yeah. That's, yep. There you go. That's true. That's there you true. Go. And I would say, I know you're my son, uh, but I'm probably hardest on you. You yeah. are a preacher boy, and you have the gift of preaching. And you're doing it a whole lot better at uh, your age than I was. I mean, you know, I, had, I had people leaving the back row in the middle of my sermon at your age. So, <laughs> Including That's your okay. mom, who was dating me at the time, saying, is this really <laughs> what, what you're planning on doing? So. <laughs> She she signed up for it. It's okay. I, I have middle school. I have middle schoolers that fall asleep in the front row on mine. It's fine. Well, that's, um, mid, that's middle school. It's okay. You know, yeah. it's middle school. Um, well, one, I I appreciate that. And two, part yeah. of the reason we just took probably 12, 13 minutes here, even just to introduce that, is because like one, we're here to talk about the new book that you just wrote. But for anybody that is listening to this, I've had the genuine privilege of knowing ron jones for almost 26 years because he's my dad but like i want you to get to know the man behind the book as we talk about the book because you're getting to honestly glean from a lot of the wisdom that god has given him and his insights into scriptures and stuff like that so you have a new series of books out called the ultimate road trip through the bible you have an old testament version and a new testament version um just kind of paint uh, paint the picture. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. You got <laughs> you got the blue the blue one go. and the tan one. Um, also, I love the design. Like Route sixty six, I love that. Like it's got like a have western feel to it. Have you ever been on that route, it. Reagan? <clears throat> have you ever been on I'm, Route sixty six? Is it route or route? It's route. It's route. Yeah. Is it route? I, I, I think route sixty six. Um, Stop. Yeah. No, it's route route sixty six. <laughs> Get your kicks on Route sixty six. Was the was there the, you was the song there yeah. you go yeah. there you go um, you honestly dad just kind of walk walk us through like what was the process <laughs> in writing this book and why every book has a purpose so what was yeah. the point where you're like man i need to i need to write this book so the the concept here really came out of covid uh literally i was on a road trip uh with uh with reagan your sister caroline it was it was uh huh, spring of 2020 maybe she had graduated college, and by June, uh, we were moving her to Chicago. And um, Reagan's mom and I and his sister Caroline were driving from Virginia Beach up to Chicago. I was in the back seat uh, with my laptop, and I was just using the opportunity to do a little bit of advanced sermon planning and just kind of thinking through, you know, some, some series. And um, I had some ideas, and I decided to call a worship planning meeting of two, my wife and my daughter. And I said, hey, I've got this, I think I've got this crazy idea of preaching through one book of the Bible a week for 66 weeks. What do you think about that? And their response was overwhelming, so much hmm. so that it scared me. They, they were like, you know, you, you have to do this. That would be something I'd want to listen to. Hmm. I sat on it for a couple of months before I brought it back to my team here and introduced it to uh, my staff. They, too, responded, oh, that would be so cool. 
then when we packaged it all together and as we normally do when I'm finishing up a series, uh, the last message, we, we run a little kind of trailer on the next series. First time this ever happened in all my years of ministry and certainly in nearly the decade I've been here at Atlantic Shores, spontaneous applause by the church family hmm. at the anticipation of a series going book by book. I, I, I was yeah. scared to death because I really wasn't sure whether I could I could sustain it. I thought I would crash and burn somewhere around Leviticus and have to say, folks, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, yeah. This was a bigger thing. But it just, you know, developed steam and rhythm. I, I will say that it's been one of the most transformational experiences in my ministry, preaching through mm. at a 30,000-foot level a book of the Bible a week. You know, you can't dive into, you know, too many details and rabbit trails but trying to get the big story from genesis to revelation and then as time went on it just um it it, it became a book and um we we just came out with uh, the two volumes set old testament and new testament um yeah and here we are yeah that's amazing man that's so cool yeah i I'm. I want to go back and listen to that. That's such an interesting concept. I've never heard of anything like that before. Well, if you buy the um, book, you also get access <laughs> you get to the, the Route 66 digital library, which is look at that. You know, 66 video messages, 66 audio messages, sermon notes. I mean, all of it there. Ebooks. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's all there. Well, that's. Yeah, that's such that's such a great resource, and I, I think this is needed today, mainly because the Bible especially if you're just stepping into Christianity or you're a new believer, the Bible is this massive book. It's intimidating. People will naturally gravitate to maybe some smaller books in the new Testament and avoid yeah. the books like the Leviticus is or yeah. the things that are just a little bit more daunting. And so what would you say to someone who might find the Bible intimidating and how does your book maybe help mm-hmm. alleviate some of those stresses that people have. They just can't like get through the Leviticus or the numbers yeah, or sure. some of those more daunting books. Well, you, you got to see the big picture. One of my biggest takeaways and what I tried to communicate through 66 weeks of this series is um, there's one story, one story. It's God's yeah. story. Uh, there's continuity to the story from Genesis to Revelation. It was written over 1,400 years by 40 different human authors led by the Holy Spirit. But it is intimidating. I mean, you start yeah. with two testaments, 66 books. There are over 600,000 words in the Bible. That makes anybody's eyes gloss over. And then you're asking, yeah. what does the Old Testament have to do with the New Testament? What does Matthew have to do uh, with John and Luke? What does Genesis have to do with Romans? And why is Obadiah in the Bible? And does <laughs> yeah. it change my life today? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and these are questions that, you know, you wrestle with as a, as a preacher and as a pastor. You want people to get the whole story um, yeah. and to see the big picture. Yeah. One of my favorite stories from that Route 66 series you did is I think you called me when you were going through Leviticus and um, you, t- you titled your message, I love Leviticus. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you call me, it's like, I just had the entire church just chant, I love Leviticus. Oh, yeah. I love Leviticus. Like, so, and I'm like, that has never, ever been said in the history of the church. Like from the pulpit, I love Leviticus. And so there's a backstory to that, and uh, hopefully your mom is not listening right now. But we're we're sitting at home one day. It's okay. And- she doesn't listen to my podcast. It's fine. <laughs> That's all right. 
but uh, she she's the person that I refer to in the book who uh, you know actually said Leviticus, and um, <laughs> I I totally get that I totally get yeah. that from you know, but I, I I said to the church family I said. Give me 30 minutes, and by the end of our time in Leviticus, you'll be saying, I love Leviticus. It became yeah. such a chant in the church family that uh, we, we almost you know, got I love Leviticus you know, t-shirts and merch and all that. <laughs> we chose not to go that direction. But I, you know, when, when you begin to see the big picture and you get, begin to see all the imagery and the foreshadowing yeah. of Leviticus, oh my, the gospel comes alive. Yeah. And... Uh, and yeah, so that that was a that was a neat neat time in our journey there. Well, and I love that even going like off the Leviticus thing that we have a friend um, here in North Carolina. Um, Leviticus is his favorite book of the Bible because he says you can't understand Jesus, you can't understand the cross without understanding Leviticus. And so, one of my favorite things that you have in this book is you have this thing called the Christ connection, where it's like in each one of these chapters you can see like how does Jesus connect to Habakkuk? Like, and mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can see, like you talk about the overarching narrative, like you, you're able to point that out in these kind of in seemingly insignificant points in the Old Testament. Um, so, can, so can you just talk a little bit about the Christ connection and why that's yeah. so important and stuff like this? Yeah, so again, you know, you're 30,000 feet here, bird's eye view of the Bible. Uh, there's one story, it's God's story, and there's one main character. Okay, in the Old Testament, it is the Christ who is to come, the promised Messiah. In the New yeah. Testament, we're looking back, it's the Christ or Messiah who came. We know him as Jesus and the Christ who promised to come again. Okay, so when, you, when you, we talk about the Christ connection in the Old Testament, how does this book of the Bible advance God's story and how does it point us to Jesus Christ? All right, uh, in the New Testament, you know, pardon the imagery, but I call it the Jesus juncture. All right. We're on a road trip. All right. So you got to play with the language a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but here's, well. here's, here's one of the takeaways from this. I think sometimes we, we, we tend to miss the, the upper story and we preach lower stories and lower applications. For example, the story of David and Goliath. How many times have we heard this or preached this? You know, like David, we have giants in our lives to overcome. Yeah. It might be depression. It might be this. It might be that. That may be good application, but that's not the upper story. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we are not David. That puts us in the picture and in the story as the hero. We're not the hero. Jesus is the hero. And the Goliath that he defeated for us was sin, death, and the devil on the cross. Yeah. Okay. Now, there may be a secondary story and application to that, but that's, you know, the, the primary story the upper story there is about jesus it's not about you and i and our goliaths that we must overcome yeah make sense yeah Yeah. you ready to say goodbye to me (laughs) (laughs) no that's really good and i think i think when you know when the most the the times when i've been the most passionate about scripture or about like reading the bible is when the lord is kind of connecting a lot of these dots for me when, when I'm seeing the grand narrative of scripture come together. And I think that's why, you know, something like this book can help someone who's maybe just in a period 
of their life or in a season where they're just not too particularly passionate about the Bible because they just haven't seen a lot of these dots connect. And so I think helping people connect those dots is huge for biblical literacy, but also just for people wanting to fall back in love with reading the Bible and learning more about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be quick to say that the ultimate road trip through the Bible does not replace your Bible. Yeah. It is a companion to lay alongside of it. And, you know, you, you could read through it from start to finish, almost devotionally. Uh, each chapter is, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively short. But there are 66 chapters in all, one for every book of the Bible. Yeah. Um, it's also one of those sets that I, I, as a pastor, I have all kinds of things like this, but it's a tool I put on my shelf. Mm. And when I am preaching through the book of Habakkuk, all right, I need to grab something like this, you know, pastors, and, and just real quickly read through. What's the big picture here? Yeah. How does it all fit into the rest? So that I'm not, I'm not doing eisegesis. I'm, I'm exegeting the story yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and helping to explain that for folks. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that leads kind of perfectly into a, a good concluding question here with how is this book best used? Like, what is what is the best use case for the church member, the Christian who picks up your book and wants to read it? How do they use it effectively? Well, um, a good friend of mine who is part of our church family, he's um, a Navy chaplain, um, uh, Dr. Billy Hardison. You know, he said to me, he says, this is great for people at all different levels in their walk with Jesus in relationship to the Lord. And yeah. um, although this is a challenge, I wrote certainly with with well, I wrote and spoke to the congregation. All right. Not to a bunch of you know seminary students. Yeah. But it's written um, for pastors. It's written for Sunday school teachers. It's written for small group leaders who want a tool, an easily accessible tool that they can pull off the shelf at any time. But it's also written for uh, any lay person who's a, a serious student of the Bible and wants to get to know their Bible better. We all have the tendency, pastors included, when we sit down and read the Bible, we go to our favorite books, the ones that speak to us the quickest, Psalms, Proverbs, the Gospels, maybe our favorite epistle. But when was the last time you read Obadiah? Yeah, I I love that. I think even even just to speak to your like even writing ability, like you have an ability to make complex things simple. And so this is something that whether you are a grad student or whether you just became a Christian yesterday, this is something that's easily accessible. And I feel like you can make something like re- even Revelation. Like I feel like that's one of the most, the, the biggest books of the Bible that people have interest in but have no mm-hmm. idea what they're actually reading. So oftentimes like the Bible feels dry because we don't understand what we're reading. And this is a really helpful tool, like you just said, doesn't replace the Bible, but it can help supplement our understanding of the Bible um, mm-hmm. that makes our intake of the Bible um, that much more fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. Well, I think this is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. Um, what Can you just tell us your favorite Reagan as a child story? This is not Anything. the moment we've been waiting for. I don't know. This is the moment <laughs> that everyone has been waiting for. I don't know for. what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Top of mind, top of heart here. Uh, I don't know if you know people know Reagan played college basketball at Wheaton College. No, no one knows oh, that. No one knows that. Oh, they that. know. Okay. Oh, they, oh, they know. 
Reagan is sit- They're six well aware. foot six. But when he was uh, a very young child, probably kindergarten, I think we put him in um, some peewee football league. And uh, I, I played some football in high school, so, you know, you okay, get your son out there to play some football. I learned very early on, though, that Reagan wasn't made for it because when, <laughs> when the ball snapped, he had a way of, of kind of running a, away from <laughs> the contact but circling around and showing up, you know, at the at the tackle right when the whistle blew, but completely avoided, you know, any contact with anybody. Some people call that being passive aggressive. That's a um, sermon illustration. There it is. Right there. there it is. Just completely avoids the contact and, and then comes right. around as the hero at the end. Them cultural Christians. You just yeah. 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 But all these years later, he's never had a concussion, which is good. You know, um, well, so his- I, I remember this vividly. This is a core memory of mine. I don't remember his name, but I remember there was a kid on my team that he used to like run head first, like a Ram into mm. like those things. <laughs> and I don't know where he's at right now, but I guarantee you he had not, <laughs> nine concussions in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we were so, glad that he, that he excelled in other sports and he did. And um, yeah, fun stuff. Well, that's. Great. That Thank was you. that was very where, where that do was people great. get a copy of this book. You know, we're we're trying to yeah, make some Christmas gifts here and uh <laughs> so you can you can find any of uh the books or anything like that. You can find them on Amazon and you can find it at somethinggoodradio.org. You can also find any of Dr. Ron's teachings at somethinggoodradio.org. Um it makes a great stocking stuffer, it makes a great devotional gift, it just makes a great Bible study companion. Um, you can find any of that at any of those locations. I think Vic is also going to link those uh, yep. those okay. hyperlinks down in the show notes below, um, yep. so you can yeah. literally scroll down. Um, will, you can also. Well, we will ahead. never be in the realm of sanctified ish, and the impact you guys are making, um, galaxy, you know, throughout the galaxy. Wow! But uh, wow. something good radio is a daily radio broadcast and podcast on all of yep. your podcasting platforms including Spotify, iTunes, all of those. And uh, you can find links to that at somethinggoodradio.org. Yeah. So our, our, yeah. Three, our three people in Norway, you should listen to Something Good Radio. That's right. Wow. That's oh. right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Norway and Ireland. Spain's been coming up clutch <laughs> too. So five people in Spain. Shout out Spain. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, like we said, everything will be linked down in the show notes below. Hey, thank you for listening to today's episode. We really hope that interview and that conversation was edifying and encouraging for you guys as it was for us. Um, yeah. As my dad mentioned, you can find the book um, on Amazon, somethinggoodradio.org. You can listen to Something Good Radio wherever you find podcasts. So wherever you find Sanctified Ish, you can also find Something Good Radio. Um, we wanted to do this not just because we believe in my dad as a person and a pastor, but also we truly believe that this is a resource that can help grow your walk with the Lord. So I know like a lot of the conversations I've been happening, having recently have been like, man, I open the Bible, I read it, I close it, and I forget it. And that this can actually be a tool that we, can, we want to help you guys grow in your walk with the Lord, that we think this can be, this has been a helpful tool for me. So we hope this will be a helpful tool for you guys. And um, yeah. as always, you can find all of our socials, Rotsiv157, Reagan Jones 97 TikTok, Instagram. Um, Vic also has a 
brand new ministry that he's not going to plug himself, but I will plug for him. <laughs> it is called The Social Student Pastor. It is on YouTube. There is a website. Um, his whole goal there is to try to help student pastors and people in ministry connect with these new tools like Minecraft servers and Discord and YouTube and Instagram and Twitch and all the things that seem very intimidating. And he wants to help connect the next generation to Jesus through those platforms. So it's a wonderful little ministry. I'm very proud of him. I'm plugging all my people today. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. I should let you do the outro more often if you're going to yeah. me up like this. Yeah. Hey, you know, Man. you know, this, I, I stay in my lane. I stay in I my like lane. Um, yep. But hey, we, we love you guys and we will catch y'all in the next episode. Peace. Seriously, you can do the outro because I feel great now. <laughs>